0: Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast. I'm Lindsay and I'm Krista, and we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age, it's about the feeling. All of us are almost something. Seeking community and resources to
1: support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting.
0: Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. My name is Krista Williams and I am very glad you're here. Welcome to Almost 30 if it's your first time. I'm really grateful to be with you. I know it means something for me to be in your ears, in your earbuds, in your car, on your walk, playing while you clean. I do not take it for granted that I get the opportunity to be with you in community, to share what I'm going through, to share what is really interesting to me, to share what I've learned, To share some of my teachings, and I'm just really grateful. So, thank you so much for being a part of Almost 30 Community. Thanks for being here today. It's gonna be such a good one. I'm really excited. We're gonna be talking about self acceptance and self improvement and that beautiful paradox of human existence where we know that we need to love ourselves more deeply and just accept ourselves. And then we also know we came here to grow, we came here to grow and be the best versions of ourselves. And we know that takes changing our behaviors, changing our habits, changing aspects of ourselves. And what is the balance? When do we accept ourselves? When do we accept situations? When do we accept? And then when do we change? And when do we seek change? And when do we evolve? And it's just such a beautiful conversation we're gonna be exploring together today because I know I see this kind of percolating in our community all the time. And I am in it in this observation and in this exploration right here with you. So it's going to be really beautiful. And before I dig in with you in this solo episode, I just wanted to make sure to tell you about Camp. So almost 30 does a free online virtual retreat twice a year. It's really beautiful. We have thousands of people that join from all over the world. We bring to you some of the best healers and teachers and leaders that I personally know to teach you and be with you on a Saturday. Together, all over the world, we come together. So This year, it's Saturday, July 22nd, and it is happening from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific. We have some of your favorite people speaking at camp. This year's theme is nature camp, and that really came through for me when I was spending more time in nature. I said, we have camp. We have amazing themes. We've done space camp. We did winter camp, summer camp. This year's theme was nature camp, and it is necessary and needed because we all know that nature is the greatest teacher. Are you guys ready for who's speaking? Your boy, Zach Bush, will be with us at camp. The OG king of our hearts, Zach Bush, will be at camp. Sade Simone is going to be teaching an embodiment method. Mia Magic is going to be doing manifestation with the elements. Kimberly Snyder from Saluna is going to be talking about aligning our life to nature. Astro twins are going to be connecting us not to the earth, but to the cosmos. And talking about some amazing astrological transits that are going to be happening with Venus during that time. Dr. Jolene Brighton is going to be walking us through honoring our natural cycles as women and seeing the beauty in our bodies and our rhythms, which is incredible. And Zach's going to be talking about reconnecting and remembering our true nature. Again, these are all free for you to join at Nature Camp this year on Saturday, July 22nd at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific You can go to almost30.com slash camp to register for free, almost30.com slash camp to register for free, and we will see you that Saturday. It's going to be so much fun. We'll be online. We'll be cozy at home. All of the pets will be near, and we will be celebrating our beautiful Mother Earth and nature, and also our membership being open. The Almost 30 membership is my favorite place on the internet. I just am buzzing after every single call that we have. It's my favorite thing to pour into. We have coaching calls. We have some of the guests from our podcast join our workshops so you get one-on-one time with them. We have so many hours of content on topics like psychic development, light language, breath work, aliens, reading food labels. We run the gamut as we normally do on the podcast. So it's truly incredible. I think you're going to really love it. And then we have free in-person events now, which is really so much fun because we're back to being in person. So almost30.com membership, there's so much for you there to check out with our membership. I would love to have you in our community. It's the best. So camp is happening July 22nd. Membership open enrollment happening is going to be a good one. I'm really excited. I'm so grateful. I feel so lucky that whenever we do these camps that we have these incredible healers and teachers and leaders that choose to join us. And I really think it's because of the frequency and power of our community. Every time we have someone on the show, they always rave to me about how incredible each and every one of you is. They say there's something from a frequency level about your community and about the people that listen to your show that is not matched anywhere else. You guys are so kind and curious and loving and warm. And the way that you approach the people that we have on our show just means the world to me with the respect that you give them and with the kindness I just I feel really lucky so y'all are doing a great job I really love you and I'm really grateful for how you treat everybody that's a side note but it reminded me because I also have gratitude for amazing camp speakers
1: Passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, uh, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, so let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets, whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well.
0: When do we accept ourselves and when do we change ourselves? When do we lean into self-improvement? And when do we just accept ourselves? And this is something that I think about quite a bit, if I'm just going to go into my little dialogue with you about what's going on in my brain about this, where I will have days where I'm like, you know what? I give up. (laughs) I had that a few weeks ago where I was actually like, you know what? It's time to give up and I've given up completely and I'm going to let it all go and it's time for me to stop doing everything and it's time that when I find, and this is, I'm being very honest, this was in my brain, I just got divorced, if you guys don't know. When I find my next partner, I'm going to get married and I'm going to stop everything. I'm just going to hang out and we're going to move. It was just like, I'm going to give up. I felt so overwhelmed with all of the changes I probably wanted to make in my life that I was like, you know what, I give up. I just accept. I accept, I accept, I accept. But it was almost like accepting and giving up were seen as the same, although it's a different energy. And then there's the moments in time where you're like, I am going to meditate twice a day. I am going to eat only this. I am going to not be on social media from 7 to 7 a.m. I am going to take this course and program. I am going to apply for other jobs. I am going to do all the things. And then you have your self-improvement brain kind of just buzzing where you're like, okay, time to improve. And I think for so many of you, I love you all so much. You are all very much self-improvement junkies. You are very much self-improvement babies. You guys work so hard and you do so much in the self-improvement space. If that is one thing that I know, I've seen every single one of you on tours and our retreats and in my DMs and in person. And you guys really, 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 really work hard. And you guys really, really, really seek for more. And I can relate to that. And if you were someone to ask me what my biggest fear is, I wouldn't say it was death. Maybe five years ago, I would have said ghosts or being possessed by the devil because I saw the exorcist when I lived in Ohio when I was very young and that was kind of the biggest fear. Not anymore. It is me not living up to my fullest potential. And that truly is my deepest fear that I will die and I will have to karmically come back and make up for lost time and I will not have done what I need to do here on this planet. And fulfilled my mission, whatever my mission may be. You know, I have ideas of what my mission may be, but it's like whatever my mission may be, I didn't fulfill it and I wasn't able to do it. I have this deep, 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 deep fear of that. And on the one hand, that's very true. There's a true energetic signature to that feeling of I'm here for a purpose, you know, however big or small our purpose may be. It doesn't need to be like, I'm here for a purpose. I am Tony Robbins next in line. It could be, I'm here for a purpose and it's to open up an animal shelter, whatever the purpose is. But I believe that I'm here for a purpose. So there's a truth to that. There's an energy to that that I feel. And then on the other side, if we were to think, ah, my presence on earth is the purpose. Me existing is the purpose. God creating me as my unique signature that exists nowhere else is the purpose. So there's that beautiful dual part of our existence, in our experience where we know that we are perfect, we are divine, we are made by God. We have to do nothing. We have to do nothing to be loved. From a conceptual level, I know that, but then from an energetic level and from a truth level, I don't really feel that. So there's truth in both. There's truth that I want to live the most beautiful life possible. And that means that there will be self-acceptance and that means there will be self-improvement. And what can happen when we get stuck or caught up in the self-improvement game or train is when we have that like destination happiness vibe where we will be happy when, and this is a Buddhist principle, if, when, I will be happy if this happens, when this happens, I will be happy when I get that job, I will be happy when I find my purpose. I will be happy when I find my soulmate. I will be happy when I lose 20 pounds. I will be happy when you fill in the blank. And you can even take a second to really think about what your if-when thing is. And I have my own, you know, of course. And really it's like never being happy in the moment because you're waiting for that thing to happen. And we know our beautiful human brains, once we get there, there's something else. And I've done this many a time, honey. Don't you worry about it because this is me. When I get to a destination or an accomplishment or an achievement, it is a blink, blink, moving on. No celebration, no acknowledgement, just what is the next thing. And even sometimes when I get close enough to a goal, I'll move the goalpost where I'm like, actually, that was a cute goal now double it. And I remember, you know, as an example, one time in the business, I was talking to my ex-partner and I was like, yeah, this is where we're at money-wise. And this is where I want to be. He's like, oh, so you want to double it in a year? And I'm like, yeah, I want to double it in a year. He's like, you know that most businesses don't have the goal to like double their revenue year over year. He's like, they have like 15, maybe 20% Maximum growth goals for sustainability. And I'm like, oh yeah. Because that goal was not actually from my heart. That goal was from my mind completely. And was really like, I will be happy if we're making this amount of money that probably I had seen someplace else on someone else's feed or someone else's page. And then subconsciously came into my brain as this should also be my truth. And when we're in that, we're really just checking off the boxes of life. We are never embracing the present moment. We're never being present with what is for me in that way i'm never being present with the beauty and joy of doing what i do and serving how i serve and having a life that i never thought was possible you know really growing up in a small town in ohio never thought it was possible i was texting with a friend yesterday and she's like well where would you want to be really you know in your career if you don't want to be where you are like how far along would you want to be and i was like oh i'm surprised i made it this far don't get it twisted. I have goals, but I'm also surprised. So there's a part of me that really feels lucky to be in this space. And what's been really beautiful is to be on a journey now where I've strived for so much, where I've pushed for so much. And now I'm in a space of, as I'm getting older, more self-acceptance and coming to a place of greater self-love. And What I find so interesting about this conversation when we think about how much should we strive for more and how much should we accept ourselves is that conceptually loving yourself is not hard. For us to understand I need to love myself is not a hard concept to understand. If you were to say to anyone on the street or anyone at all, you know, you're like, you should love yourself. They're like, yes, okay, that sounds good. I understand that. But that sometimes when it's conceptually easy is the hardest thing to do, which is sometimes why we overlook it. Because the ego and especially the spiritual ego can really prioritize the more difficult things that it can stay within the mind than the things that are actually going to take a longer time and be a harder route. Because the hardest challenge we know, at least I know, is to love yourself. And the hardest challenge is something you really can't there's no hack for it. There's no short route. Because once we get to a place of deeper self-love, deeper self-acceptance, get ready, honey. Something else is going to come up right when you least expect it, right when you're relaxed. Just kidding. It might not. Who freaking knows? But that's what my nervous system says whenever I am really happy. So I just had to share it. But loving ourselves, there's so many layers. And I think that's the important part to think about when we think about greater self-love is like the layers of self-love because there's so much that can come up. We have so many thoughts, 80,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are the same. And most of them are from our lineage, from our parents, from the media. Most of them aren't ours. Most of them are from thought forms, entities, or consciousnesses. And when we really get down to it, Coming to a place of deeper self-love is just the hardest work and it's the most unsexy work. It happens in tiny, tiny moments. I had a win as it relates to this the other day. I've been really struggling with this deep need to be liked and I realized it wasn't a desire. I'm like, yeah, I have a desire to be liked, but there's with certain people in my life, I have a need to be liked. And this goes back to my childhood, growing up with someone that was emotionally immature, unavailable, neglectful, not a secure attachment, all of that has driven me to become kind of like obsessed in my mind with people that I perceive to not like me. And I was just kind of going on that little train because it's to my nervous system, that's unsafe. Because if I perceive that someone doesn't like me, for my child nervous system. That's unsafe for me. What would happen? Something might happen like it did when I was younger, et cetera, et cetera. And then also what I do. You know what I do. This is a place where I need to be liked. Sometimes I'm not liked. It's all good. But I would obsess with certain people, mostly people I would respect or mostly people that would activate something in me. Obviously, there's something more for me there to look at with each of them, which I do. But I was working on that recently and I was looking at my phone, looking at good old Instagram, which is the greatest growth opportunity we have as these beautiful matrix levels. And so something came up and I was like, oh, wow. And then I kind of went on my train of like, this person doesn't like me. And I have no idea if this person doesn't like me or not. But my meter is like, if they're obsessed with me, it's like they have to be obsessed with me. It's like obsession or zero. And that's again from my childhood, but. I was started to go into the story. I'm like, this person doesn't like me. Well, fuck them. They're a loser anyways. They suck. Oh, it could be because of this. It could be because of that. And then in the moment I stopped and I was like, oh, baby, like, wow, look at what we're doing. And then like my higher self, my capital S self coming through, like, I love you. I love you. I got you. Like, no matter what, if this person likes you or not, I got you. And my opinion matters the most. And this is what we're going to focus on. And that is me sitting at my desk on a Monday at 11 a.m. wearing, you know, clothes that have stains from food all over them, just a random Monday working in five minutes. That is me practicing self-love after having this kind of whirlwind. But that is like the unsexy, uninstagrammable, untalked about moment where we learn to actually accept ourselves. Because the self-development path of that could have been like, I should probably be like this, so this person likes me. I should probably be more X, Y, or Z because I really want this person to like me. I should probably be sharing more information about this or talking more about this or doing this thing so that this person likes me. And it's the external focus. I think that when we think about embracing our imperfections, there can also be the thought that embracing perfections means we're giving up. And when I think about embracing perfections and even self-acceptance, there's an energy that I feel, and I'm curious if you guys feel this as well, where it feels like, yeah, it feels like I'm literally a slob on my couch. But it's the visual I get when I'm like, just accept yourself as you are. I'm on my couch, melting into my couch, turning into a couch. And I haven't left my place for days. I have Postmates all around me. I just look like A disaster. And for some reason, that's how I see self-acceptance. But when we really think about it, the people that love and accept themselves the most are the ones that usually do the most, are the highest achievers or the people that most importantly give back. And I don't know anyone that loves themselves so much that they don't do anything or that they don't give back or that they're not in service. The people that love themselves the most are usually the ones that have the biggest impact, whether it's in their small community, to their friends, to their family, to their children. And there's never been a situation that I can really think of where I've seen someone that has been like, yeah, I love myself so much that I didn't leave my apartment for four years and I just melted into my couch. They're like, I love myself so much that I spent a lot of time in nature or I decided to give back or I decided to spend a lot of time with people I loved. Usually there's a vibrancy of energy when people do really love themselves, when they do really accept themselves mostly.
1: This episode is brought to you by Better Help. Uh, oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but, you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for... About six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life, and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I am a better friend. I am a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, eh, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30.
0: I think the example with food is a really good one too. When we think about change and our desire for change, and self-acceptance. If we think about a lot of people's desire to change their body, eat better, lose weight, just as like a high-level example, we know that most diets fail, most diets don't work, most ways of adjusting or reducing or restricting don't actually last. And a lot of the reason is because there's actually not Self acceptance happening in that process. There's actually just the path of self improvement for a desired outcome with an external focus. And we can talk about the external focus in a little bit, but the diets don't last because we are looking for the losing of weight to make us happy, to solve all of our problems. And then it's also externally focused and not actually going from the I love myself so much, I accept myself just as I am. And I'm loving myself through the way I'm interacting with food and exercise and all of the things. Marianne Williamson has a book on eating. So it's Eating and Nutrition and Weight Loss Through A Course in Miracles Perspective. And she talks a lot about in that book when people say that they eat so much because they really love food. And her perspective is that if you loved food so much, you would savor it and you would eat slowly and you would be present with it. And it would be something that you would cherish and you would allow it to nourish you. You wouldn't eat to numb. You wouldn't overeat. You wouldn't eat unconsciously. You wouldn't eat in the car. You wouldn't eat and rush and all of the things. And I think that's an interesting perspective because when we do have self-acceptance and more self-love, we're able to be more present. Because a lot of times, and I can even say, for example, if I would binge back in the day, I would be like, I need to accept, you know, I'd be like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to accept myself as I am. And then I'd binge, but I was actually not conscious. I actually wasn't doing it because I was accepting myself. I had the whole time a program running in my head of like self-hate and like just wanting to get it over with. And so where I thought it was almost self-acceptance to be eating in that way, because I'm like, this is me loving myself, taking a break, whatever. Actually, in that case, it really... Wasn't necessarily part of that path. And so I think in a lot of areas of our life, there needs to be self acceptance happening either concurrently with self improvement or as the foundation for it. And working with the idea that we have of self acceptance as something that will keep us stagnant, keep us from growth, keep us from our happiness, make us lazy, not bring us closer to our goals. And in this example, I think about Amsterdam, and I remember going to Amsterdam when I was in my 20s. And there's a quote about Amsterdam where they talk about Amsterdam is heaven. And for some people, heaven is hell. And that's the red light district, all of the sex shows, all of the things. And the idea that if we are left to our own devices, that if we are not on a tight leash, if we are not controlled, that we want to overeat, we want to be slobs, we want to be on our phones all day, we want to watch TV all day, we'll let ourselves go. And that we actually need a part of us to be in control through self-improvement is also very interesting to think about. And the example with Amsterdam, just because it's such a beautiful place, it's the most beautiful place, but then there is that really dark element to it. So it's said that for some people, heaven is that beautiful, gorgeous place. And for some people, their heaven is doing the bad things, like doing the culturally kind of taboo things. And Uh, For a lot of us, we have a very active manager. And a manager is a part of internal family systems, which is a psychotherapy technique. And the manager is someone that keeps us in line and keeps us on a tight leash. There can be multiple managers. They can have different elements. But this is the one that's like, oh, I need to be on the self-improvement train or I will not be loved. And I need to keep you doing the courses and programs because if we don't, We will not get the person that we love. We will not get the job that we love. It's like the fear running it with the guise of this is for our greatest good. And there could be a fine line with that. There's a beautiful aspect to the manager role. There's a beautiful aspect to that part of us because it's given us so much. It's brought us so far. Like I'm so grateful for that aspect of me because it's pushed me so far. But again, that aspect of me is also not The part of me that is the capital S self, that is like the deepest, most loving part of me. It is one aspect, but it's not all of me. So being friendly and understanding those parts of us that get activated in this case when we think about self-acceptance and self-improvement, where are the parts of us that want to change, that want to control, that want to continue doing, 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 continue consuming, consuming, consuming? because we don't feel like we're worthy. We don't feel like we can receive. We don't feel like we can be loved because we don't have anything to offer. And befriending the manager part of us, that very critical, like tight leash part of us is such a beautiful thing. And me getting to know that part of me and loving that part of me and thanking her because she's made me so incredible. She's a lot of the reason why I do what I do. She's a lot of the reason why I present the way that I present. She keeps me on a tight ass leash (laughs) and it's beautiful. But then there's also like, when can she have a day off? And my playful, like ooey gooey, warm, compassionate, loving tender side come out because that's another part of me. So throughout this exploration, when we think about this, like how can you befriend or get to know the manager part of you? And some of the ways in which I thought we could think about this, I wrote down seven different ways to think about how to be self-accepting without being complacent. And that's the fear. If I am self-accepting, will I be complacent? So how can we think about being self-accepting without being complacent? The first thing I thought about was that we humans are constantly in motion. So our cells are vibrating so fast we can't even see them. Everything is in motion. We are constantly in motion. We never stop in motion. Our bodies are moving our hearts are beating. There's always some processes going on at all times, even when we're in deep rest. So if we are constantly in motion, what are we moving towards? It is a part of this experience as a human to have time exist or maybe not exist, but to have a changing landscape, both internally and externally. And for us to experience so many different opportunities for growth, for change and transformation. And even if we do nothing, things will change. Even if you were to stay at your house and not move from your couch, your body would decay. Even if you were to give it all up and move to the woods and just act like you were complacent, even though that's like baller to me, you would still have aging happen. You would lose relationships. You would still have nature happening around you. You would still have to eat. There would be different things that are still happening. There will be motion. There will be evolution. There will be growth happening whether we are conscious about it or not. So I think being conscious about the path you're on, being conscious about the growth that you're on, and really making your plan and wave toward the evolution and growth that you seek and desire. Who do you seek to be? Who is that dream version of you? What is that dream experience that you want to have? For me, I have a muddled version of the person that I want to be. I allow God to show me. I allow my path to be revealed. But I like to really dream and play into like, what is the experience that I want to be having? Trying to, from a Reiki perspective, a Reiki energy healing perspective, they say, if only for today. And so really focusing on if only for today, what could I do to make progress towards my path or my goal? Not thinking about 20 years in the future, not thinking about 100 years in the future or 510. If only for today, what changes could I make? How could I love myself more? through the practices that I'm doing. And to support ourselves in this, I really love this practice that Tim Ferriss talked about a couple years ago on his show was scheduling in time for both. So scheduling in time to be self-accepting and scheduling in time to be complacent so that we know from a logical perspective that we have both covered. So that means for me on a weekend, I would have four hours of my schedule for absolutely nothing And this spaciousness allows for me to be in nature, to paint, to read, to like putz around my house, which is something I literally never thought I would be doing. I was, the other day, someone was like, what'd you do today? I was like, I putzed around my house. I'm like, I am my mother. I putzed around all day. I like moved papers around all day in my house and I loved it. So weird. But I have four hours where it's nothing. It is nothing planned. There is spaciousness. There is complacency. There is receiving. There is rest. And then there's four hours on Saturday, maybe, for self-improvement, where I'm doing my IFS courses or where I am reading about something I love or tuning into some other thing that I want to learn about or I'm working out or I'm working. Whatever it is, I can have that be full on in that moment. And what I think is really important about these times, as it is with anything that we do, this is my number one hack for getting work done, for being productive. So this is a bonus aspect of this podcast. You get a productivity hack from me being present where you are. If you're going to be doing four hours of complacency, but you're actually literally on TikTok the whole time, which is fine. Hey, no shade. No shade. But you're not fully present in your mind with what your goal was because your goal was complacency to let yourself experience and be maybe be in nature, be laying by the beach. And then you're still going to have an active nervous system, an active mind and never feel like you fully did what you meant to do. Or say on Saturday, you have the goal to do self-improvement, but you're just online shopping or you're just kind of like half in, half out in your mind. And you never fully feel like you got the full satisfaction of being in that moment. Being present is a really important part of the process. So I think scheduling in time for both really helps me in my Virgo rising brain and my many planets in Capricorn brain really feel like I'm achieving the goal of understanding this because it's not like one day I'm like, I love myself so much and I'm going to improve myself in this way. It can be, but life is evolving so quickly and we're constantly in this paradox. So how can we just support ourselves through the paradox and through the journey? And as a second way of being self-accepting without complacency, I really loved the thought of how can we really honor and respect and celebrate ourselves? I think that when we have a fear of complacency or we're constantly striving, I know I do this, we don't take any time to celebrate. We never give ourselves a pat on the back. We never celebrate our successes. We just keep moving. Like robots, were like, what is next? What do I have to do? What is my next goal? What can I achieve? Go, 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 more, 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 more. And I think taking time to celebrate is such an important part of greater self-love and self-improvement. One from a body perspective, just taking a moment. Like I've been constantly in motion for three months working on this project, trying to achieve this thing, writing this book, creating this program, on this thing at work growing a baby in my belly, whatever it is, I'm going to celebrate that I achieved my goal, that I got where I wanted to. How can we bring that into our practice? How can we have our friends hold us accountable to celebration? I know y'all have your accountability partners for things that you want to do where you're like, I've been bad at this. I need an accountability partner. And you're like, really, you need another manager for your manager. How can we have accountability partners for celebrating the work that we've done and things that we're achieving and like the beauty of our lives? Like my friends, I'm so grateful, speak into me the amazing things that I do and remind me to celebrate, remind me the power and beauty of what I do. I went to one of my friends' shows the other night. She's a music artist in addition to her work, which is similar to mine. And I was like fucking blown away. I'm like, this is the dopest shit I've ever fucking been a part of. I'm celebrating you in this because this is so inspiring to me. And, you know, for her, she's like, oh, that's just like kind of another day. It wasn't that big of a deal. How can we celebrate ourselves not just when we reach the whatever K months, reach the amount of followers, reach the thing in our bank account, have the wedding day, the small moments celebrating the mundane so that we can really love ourselves more throughout the process, celebrate through the process, have a break through the process. And then also still continue our path of self-improvement because now we're like, oh, I know why I'm doing this. I understand why I'm actually doing this because I'm celebrating through the process. This is such a silly example of me celebrating, but I was lucky enough to spend time with some of my friends' kids in the past couple weeks. I love kids. I am my most self when I'm with kids. It's my favorite thing. I love kids so much. And I was with some of their kids and I just had a moment when I was sitting there playing and just goofy and singing songs and just crazy faces and just freaking wild and kids are so attracted to me because I'm so present and goofy with them and I was like I love that I love children so much and I love that I can be myself with kids and I love that I can look silly and stupid and I love this aspect of me or when I'm with my cats I mean I sound like the coolest person right now but you know kids and cats baby it's what angels do and I was with my cats singing crazy ass songs like I always tell them that they have to pay the piper because I'm always like you have to pay the piper like you have to let me hold you and let me cuddle you because I feed you and I house you and you have to pay the piper and I was making him pay the piper and I was singing and I was being freaking crazy and I was like whoa I'm gonna celebrate in this moment that I'm someone that has so much joy oozing from my pores, that I can have fun with my cats at my house. And I'm so proud that I can look silly and goofy and I don't second guess and I can just be like, I love those weird elements of me. I love those goofy elements of me. I love that part of me. And that has nothing to do with money, business, anything that people see. People don't really see me singing songs to my cats. It would be amazing if they did because they're really good songs. But I'm celebrating that aspect of me. So celebrating not only the wins related to self-development or self-improvement, although that's really powerful and beautiful, but also just like celebrating the aspects of us when they come up, when they deserve to be celebrated that don't have anything to do with achievement because that's self-love. The third one is perfectionism. So just thinking about perfectionism and being your best self. So when we have all of you amazing honeys and people that have perfectionist tendencies and I am one of them. And mine is like very covert. It's very covert perfectionism. It's like very subtle because there's like aspects where I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. Who cares? I won't shower for a week. I'll be like, look, whatever. But then there's like, oh yeah, you better say the most perfect thing of all time. You better speak really well and you better look good doing it. And so there's an aspect of me that's deeply perfectionist and that loves when I want to be my best self, that manager part of me that I talked about. An example of this, I was walking with a friend, a dear friend, who we relate very much on the mother wound, which is something I've talked about on the podcast. We did a few episodes on it, if you're interested in it. And she has a narcissistic mother. And it was interesting because she was talking about a situation where they had an issue come up. And the mother was in the narcissistic ways, gaslighting, emotional abuse, all of that. And I saw her and I, because I kind of fell into the same mode where you're in the receiver of that behavior. And we were both like, what would be the perfect thing for us to say? She's kind of thinking, okay, so if your mom says you're wrong for feeling that way and that doesn't make sense and that's wrong, what would be the perfect thing to say to get her to understand? And I fell right into the pattern that I've done so much in my life of, okay. Maybe if I just say it right, maybe if I just get the narcissist to understand, that's it. And that really is my desire to use self-improvement. Maybe if I say it the right way, maybe if I am more loving, maybe if I'm more understanding, maybe if I'm more X, Y, and Z, maybe if I contort and change and adjust to hopefully change, the extra, change someone else. Maybe if I'm just changing enough that they'll change. And that's when we have to be careful about the path of self-improvement where I'm like, okay, what if we say it perfectly instead of the self-acceptance route in that case is, wow, I really accept the situation as it is. I accept myself for not having the best answer in a situation where I'm being gaslit, not knowing what to do, not being perfect, not being loving all the time, not being so open to receive this emotional abuse. And it was beautiful because we could really work with that and be like, oh yeah, I actually love, honor, and accept myself even if I don't know the perfect best route to deal with someone that's incredibly controlling, manipulative, or toxic. I accept the situation as it is. But I love, honor, and accept myself through it. And that's the deepest work to be like, oh man, I don't know what's right. But I love, honor, and accept myself for even being here to work through it. And on that note, It's really important, number four, to cultivate the ability to be with what is. So really just being with what is. That's the greatest self-acceptance. I shared something on Instagram recently where I said we must accept what is to have a new experience. We must accept what is to have a new experience. And I think for so many of us and for me in so many ways, it's like kind of doggy paddling around to not accept what is truly happening, what is truly going on. And once I was able to accept that, say it was in my relationship that I just got out of, or once I was able to accept a pattern and way of being that I had, that's when I was really able to have a new experience because I'm like, oh, wow, I'm engaging with the world in this way. I'm acting in this way. Okay, it is what it is. I'm going to accept it first and then see if I need to work towards a new experience, see if I want to work towards a new experience. But I think there's such a power, and I've always felt like this, that Once we acknowledge or understand or see something, I always just give it up to God or give it up to the angels or source or whatever you like to work with or give it up to whoever and just be like, oh yeah, I see this. Thank you for showing me. Now you can have it to work with it. (laughs) See what happens. I always say that me just knowing about the work I need to do, the healing I need to do is like 50% the way there. Me being aware of seeing What I didn't see before is so much of the work. And number five is being mindful when we have self-loathing or self-hate driving our performance rather than self-love. And we all know the example of the very rich, successful, attractive, blah, blah, blah person that is driven by so much self-hate and they're so unhappy So they have all the things. They have the money, the cars, the girls, the drugs, the rock and roll, whatever it is that people want. And they're so unhappy. We know all the children of rich people that are deeply unhappy, that actually have it all on paper, but are unhappy. So it's tale as old as time. So how can we be mindful that if we're being driven by self-hate and self-loathing, How you do the work is the work. So if that is driving us, then it will drive us deeper and further away from ourselves. So how can we be motivated by a deep love for ourselves? Like, oh my God, I love myself so much. And I love this experience on earth so much. This is so much fun. Let's see what we can do, baby. That's how I like to see things. I'm like, oh, let's see what we can do. That's really my motivator now. I'm like, God, I'm so grateful to be on earth and be in a body What can I do with this life? What is there for me? What's up with that tree? Tell me more about trees. What's up with this methodology or teaching or healing? What's up with this country? What's up with this person? How can I just absorb and learn and be and just experience all of it because I'm so excited and I love so much? How can we be moved by love? How can we be motivated by love? Not motivated by fear, not motivated by hate, but motivated to move because we love so much. I love my body so much that I wanna nourish it. I love my body so much I wanna eat slow. I love myself so much that I wanna be seen. I love myself so much that I wanna create what I have in my mind. A Course in Miracles says creativity is adding to what's already perfect. I really love the concept of like, I'm creating because I love the world so much. I'm bringing children into the world eventually because I love the world so much. I am just so excited about life and I'm moved by love, not by fear. And lastly, there is an external focus versus an internal focus. So when we think about the complacency and when we think about self-acceptance, a lot of times our self-improvement motivation will be external. I want to have... X amount of followers. I want to have this person like me. I want to have a date with this person. I want to have this outfit. I want to have this body. I want to have this friendship crew. I want to have brunches like the Sex and the City girls. I want to have da-da-da-da, whatever it is that you're desiring. How can we bring it more to an internal focus? How can we step away from project me? I am a project that needs to be worked on at all times to An internal focus of our depth and our acceptance and our love and our peace. How can we make sure we're not striving for the wrong reasons? I really love the quote from Robert Holden that says, no amount of self-improvement can make up for any lack of self-acceptance. And when I set out to improve myself personally, you know, when I attempted to fix something about myself and when I was like, okay, I need to work on all these things about me, I couldn't possibly... Feel secure or good enough in my worth when I was just constantly trying to better myself, when I was constantly trying to be different, when I was constantly trying to be someone else. I just could never really get there. And I was so motivated by external and I was so motivated by my manager, just the tight leash. I was so motivated by fear rather than love and rather than self acceptance and rather than peace. And In the morning, I've been lucid dreaming quite a bit. I use Adriana Ayala's, a friend of the pod from Anima Mundi, her lucid dreaming supplement. It's incredible. I also use cured Zen supplements to lucid dream. It's really fun. You can search dreaming almost 30 for our dreaming episodes, but I've been lucid dreaming lately. So I've been having really powerful conversations with my angels at that time, which has been really, really nice, nice and annoying because they're very clear. and as it relates to this topic, they were talking to me about taking the summer off. And they were like, y'all need to take the summer off. If you're in winter, even better because winter is the time to go in. But they were like, how about being and existing and receiving and actually receiving all of the outward energy we put out. So many of you are doing so much, are always on the go, are always moving, are always creating, are always doing for other people, are always reaching out, are always listening, are always caretaking, are always so much energy that is going out from you. Spending time a few months, allowing the energy to come back. There should be times of respite in your life. There should be times to enjoy. There should be times to experience the fruits of your labor. And I'm hopeful that this summer can be that for you. And they were talking a lot about that. They're like, now is the time to implement the tools, to let the tools integrate, to be off of your computer, to just be with what you enjoy and love about life and be in the vibration of pleasure and allow yourself a break and respite from all of the work and all of the self-improvement. So the angels are all about self-acceptance and love this summer. I wanted to close with this amazing part of A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles is a book that I love. It's always by my bedside. It's so powerful. It's very astute and very clear. Y'all know if y'all know. And in the Course of Miracles, it says, evolution is a process in which you seem to proceed from one degree to the next. You correct your previous missteps by moving forward. This process is actually incomprehensible in temporal terms because you return as you go forward. The atonement is the device by which you can free yourself from your past and go ahead it undoes your past errors, thus making it necessary for you to keep retracing your steps without advancing to your return. In this sense, the atonement saves time, but like the miracle it serves does not abolish it. As long as there is need for atonement, there is no time. But the atonement as a completed plan has a unique relationship to time. Until the atonement is complete, its various phases will proceed in time, but the whole atonement stand at time's end. And from A Course in Miracles perspective, atonement is the undoing of mistaken ideas. And so I really like to take atonement in this case to really think about until we love ourselves, until we love ourselves, the various phases of growth will proceed in time, but the whole atonement, the whole loving ourselves will stand at time's end. When we pass, when we transition, when we move on, loving ourselves will be the biggest goal of it all. So as long as there's a need to love ourselves, Atonement is the device in which you can free yourself from the past. We will never really be free. Atonement undoes your past errors, thus making it unnecessary for you to keep retracing your steps without advancing you to your return. We know that when we love ourselves, we actually don't need to go back into the past. We forgive, we're present, we're with ourselves, and we can be free. And that is my ultimate goal for you. That is my ultimate goal for me. And I hope for us to be free. Thank you for diving in with me. Thank you for always being here with me to just hang, to share my thoughts, to share what I'm noodling on, what I'm talking to you about in my DMs. At It's Krista, so it's I-T-S-K-R-I-S-T-A if you wanna come hang. And on the podcast, Almost 30 is a podcast that is here to support you in your evolution. We're here to support you in your growth. We have courses and programs. My signature course, The Life Edit, which is incredible. It is my pride and joy all about editing your life to live a life that you love. We have our membership, which is open for enrollment in the next couple of weeks. We have camp happening July 22nd. I cannot wait to see you there from 10 a.m. to 2 Pacific. It's only happening live on that day with the amazing speakers that I told you about the beginning and New York. We're going to be coming to a live show in New York with Clearstem Stem July 28th. So that event We have in our bio on Instagram at almost 30 podcast, and that's going to be a very special one. There's only a few tickets left for that. So we will see you in New York and I love you guys. Thank you for being here with me. I'm sending you so much acceptance and so much peace on this journey we humans call life.